to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. What your period can tell you about your health. Meet your sixth vital sign. Throughout history, the menstrual cycle has been shrouded in magic and mystery. In some cultures, menstrual blood was imbued with magical powers, and menstruating women were considered to have the ability even to see the future. In the Middle Ages, a major religious and with it cultural shift occurred. Menstruation and menstruating women were no longer treated with reverence. Menstruation became considered to be dirty, menstruating women dangerous, and menstrual blood toxic enough even to make crops wither, leave men impotent, and lead to natural disasters. This is written up in old medical and history texts. Vestiges of these attitudes have persisted over centuries and have led to long-held cultural shame and ignorance about our periods. As a result of this, most of us started out on our menstrual journeys more or less in the dark, not knowing what's normal, what we should be concerned about, or how to get that information. And we've largely internalized that our periods are gross and dirty. Only in recent years has the power of menstruation begun to be publicly reclaimed. Talking about periods has gone from completely taboo to something we might even say is celebrated. For example, the word period being said loudly and proudly on the stage of the Academy Awards when the important documentary, Period, End of Sentence, won Best Short Documentary in 2018. I watched that segment of the Academy Awards just for that, and I was crying. But we're still a far cry from fully understanding and embracing just how powerful the menstrual cycle is and how important it is and how much attention it should actually be getting. Most of us continue to spend a good deal of our lives feeling just as in the dark about our hormones and cycles as our grandmothers. Fortunately, it's never too late to gain a deeper understanding of your body and menstrual cycles. And in this podcast, I'm going to show you not just how to, but why it's so important. Introducing your sixth vital sign. Perhaps referring to the magic and mystery of menstrual cycles sounds a bit woo-woo to you, but it's actually not fringe at all. In fact, they are now medically recognized as a barometer, a way to measure a woman's overall health. Recognized as our sixth vital sign by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, Our cycles can be used as a useful predictor of health problems, just like blood pressure, temperature, pulse, respiratory rate, and pain, the original five vital signs. It may even be one of the best ways to identify underlying imbalances, not just in our female sex hormones, but throughout our entire health ecosystems. Unfortunately, none of our healthcare providers really know about this. They're not taught about this sixth vital sign ever in medical training. But even if they did, without us having a deep knowledge of our own cycles and being in tune with our bodies, they wouldn't be able to gather the information they really need to make use of this important marker of health. So how do we make use of the sixth vital sign? I believe that getting in tune with our own bodies is the best place to start. 
For so long, our menstrual cycles and period symptoms have been thought of as the enemy. Today, I want to help you see your cycle in a different way, no matter what age you're at, even if you're not cycling anymore, as your own personal vital sign that can teach you a heck of a lot about yourself and your underlying health. What your menstrual cycle can tell you about your health. As you get to know your cycle or reflect on cycles that you had when you were cycling, if you're now in menopause, you'll learn that the many physical signs and mood shifts we naturally experience are hormonal signals. I talk about that in my article, Getting to Know Your Menstrual Cycle and Cycle Sensing, which are also podcasts. These are your body's way of relaying information about what's going on in your endocrine system or your hormonal system. And in the many other branches of your body, your gut, your adrenals, your thyroid, and more, that influence and reflect an ancient hormonal biological blueprint that as women, we are all hardwired with. Our cycles give us information about our physical, emotional, and mental and spiritual well-being and give us intel on how the world we interact with might be affecting our cycles and hormones, from stressors to endocrine disruptors. While it's common to experience small changes in your cycle from time to time, experiencing more persistent irregularities likely points to an underlying hormonal imbalance or condition. The correlation between our menstrual cycles and our lifelong health is so intertwined and significant that the impact of these imbalances extends beyond immediate discomforts and challenges like cramps or premenstrual poops or trouble getting pregnant or immediate concerns that you might have to potential lifetime health effects that may increase the risks of developing diabetes, autoimmune diseases, and even some forms of cancer. A recent study even linked irregular and long cycles with a shorter lifespan, showing how critical it is that we all pay attention to this vital sign. In other words, our menstrual symptoms and bigger gynecologic concerns are our body's direct messages trying to tell us that something's setting your ancient blueprint off course. If we don't listen to these messages, they get louder and louder in the form of worsening symptoms or the onset of actual medical conditions that we're then all but forced to pay attention to. The beauty is that our menstrual cycles and our ongoing gynecologic health give us a monthly report card on how we're doing and an opportunity at any time to course correct. The secret language of your menstrual cycle. When we have chills, a headache, body aches, and fatigue, one of the first things we might do is check our temperature. If the thermometer registers over 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit, we have our answer. We have our fever. We may then take some vitamin C, echinacea, and ginger tincture, have some miso or chicken soup, and get some rest. If we have more concerning symptoms, we may start to look under the hood. We may seek medical care and wonder what's actually going on. But bottom line, we know when to check for fever, and we know that it means something's going on. So too it is with our menstrual cycles, but instead of checking our temperature, we're checking our own cycles against an average healthy menstrual cycle blueprint that tells us that healthy menstrual cycles are typically 26 to 32 days long, vary some, but not by much more than four days each month, don't require us to change pads or tampons more than six times in a day, 
and shouldn't stop us in our tracks due to pain or require us to take pain medication each month for period pain. And while our moods may shift throughout our cycles, we shouldn't feel like we're going off the rails or being emotionally hijacked. I share the signs of a healthy menstrual cycle in my article, Understanding Your Menstrual Cycle, and in the corresponding podcast, so you can become familiar with this important aspect of your body and health if you're within your menstrual cycling years, but even if you're not, it's a good checklist or barometer to reflect back on as the health of our menstrual cycles has implications for how we experience menopause and also our health after it. And if you are in your menstrual cycling years, it becomes even more important knowing that to make sure that we're nourishing healthy cycles and healthy hormones now. And that's part of why I wrote Hormone Intelligence. It's not just for women who are already struggling with a hormone imbalance or gynecologic condition. It's for all of us with a womb with ovaries, with breasts, who had a womb, even if it's been removed, to understand how to live a hormonally healthy life now so that it can set you up for hormonal health and general health throughout your life. As a quick reminder, before I jump into some of the signs that may show you that your uh, blueprint is a little bit off track, that natural blueprint that we have that guides our cycles each month and throughout the cycles of our lives, The menstrual cycle is not just your period. It's the entire time between day one of your period and the last day before your next period starts. So whatever that is for you, 26, 28, 32 days, that's the menstrual cycle. Here are the ways that your menstrual cycle acts as a vital sign, trying to tell you something and exactly what it might be saying. Long menstrual cycles, periods that occur 35 days or more apart, can indicate that you're not ovulating, can indicate that your estrogen is low, that you have low body weight, stress, or PCOS. Long cycles are also often associated with heavier periods and more painful cramps as a result. Anovulation or not ovulating, which I'll discuss in a minute, can not only interfere with fertility, but if you don't ovulate, you don't get the calming protective effects of progesterone, so important to also balance estrogen. If unchecked over time, long cycles are due to are associated with an increased risk of endometrial cancer. Short menstrual cycles, periods that occur less than 25 days apart, meaning you have more frequent periods, can be a sign of high estrogen, a sign of a short luteal phase, the second half of your cycle, indicating that you're not ovulating, or an indication of perimenopause if you're in your 40s. If you're under 42, short cycles may be a sign of premature menopause, which increases risk of bone loss, cardiovascular disease, and can impact long-term cognitive health due to the early loss of estradiol exposure. Your risk of anemia also increases due to more frequent periods with more frequent blood loss. The risks of high estrogen are discussed in my podcast and article on high estrogen and are important to recognize and address for your long-term health. Skipped periods, defined as missing more than three periods in a row, is also important. We all skip a period now and then due to stress, travel, the flu, or another illness, and of course, pregnancy makes us miss a lot of periods. But skipping more than three periods in a row can signal that you're not ovulating, 
can indicate polycystic ovary syndrome, a thyroid problem, or can also be a sign of premature menopause. Hypothalamic amenorrhea is a common reason periods go missing and can be due to being significantly underweight with a BMI of less than 18.5, restrictive eating or a low-calorie diet, intense athletic training, preoccupation with weight or an eating disorder, high stress levels, and can really lead to some significant um, health problems that I talk about much more in my book, Hormone Intelligence, um, and can lead to osteopenia, osteoporosis, but also severe nutritional imbalances. So skip periods in and of themselves can be, you know, once in a while, no problem. But if you're skipping them on the regular, having as I mentioned, long periods on the regular, um, short periods on the regular. These are some of the things that would say, make you sit up and wonder and go, hmm, am I off of my natural blueprint? And these things tell you that yes, indeed, something is off. Because again, that menstrual cycle should be really between about 26 and 32 days and not vary by more than four days or so month to month. So 28 days one month, 30 days another month, 32 days another month, all within that range, totally fine. So I said I was going to talk more about skipped ovulation. Skipped ovulation or irregular ovulation or not ovulating at all, called anovulation, can be due to imbalances including hypothyroidism, polycystic ovary syndrome, hypothalamic amenorrhea, And all of these come with their own additional symptoms and risks. So I don't talk about those in this episode. What I talk about, what I'm talking about here is how to know that your cycle is acting as your sixth vital sign. And when you see these things, it's like you're having a little bit of an elevated temperature or a little bit of an elevated heart rate. You want to stop and figure out what's going on. And if it's something simple, you take care of it yourself, just like the vitamin C and the rest with a fever. But if it's more significant, that's when you want to think about what kind of plan or protocol do I need to get started on to realign my cycles with that optimal, healthy range of what is normal, what is actually normal um, and healthful for menstrual cycles so that you can really have that menstrual cycle humming along according to this ancient blueprint that I mentioned that we're hardwired with. Um, In addition, as I mentioned, when you're not ovulating, you can't produce enough progesterone. Progesterone supports overall menstrual cycle regularity, um, how heavy your flow is, uh, other hormone balance because your estrogen and progesterone are bouncing off of each other to help find the right balance, Uh, can have an impact on your mood, your sleep, the health of your uterine lining, And of course, the ability to conceive, but also maintain a pregnancy. You have to produce progesterone after you ovulate so that if you conceive, you're able to maintain the pregnancy. So heavy periods are another way that our menstrual cycle acts as a sixth vital sign. Heavy periods are blowing through more than six pads or tampons a day or having a period lasting more than seven days. I also have a podcast and article on heavy periods because there are some more symptoms that can help you know if your period is heavy even than that. So if you think you have heavy periods, you're going through more than six tampons or pads in a day, your periods are lasting more than seven days, go and check, you know, if you're having to double up on pads, if you're anemic because of heavy blood flow, these are all indications that you might have a heavy period. So you want to head over to the heavy period podcast and blog. And of course, my book, Hormone Intelligence, will give you a full plan and protocol for what to do. 
Heavy periods are almost always a sign of a hormone imbalance, usually either high estrogen or low progesterone. Heavy periods are also associated with heavier cramping, PCOS, endometriosis, adenomyosis, and uterine fibroids can all be underlying causes of heavy periods. Persistently elevated estrogen, as I mentioned, carries its own set of risks, which I discuss at my high estrogen podcast and blog. And heavy periods can also result in iron deficiency anemia, and that can have a major impact on your mood, your cognitive function, and your energy. Uncommonly, but not so rarely that one should ignore it, heavy periods can be due to a genetic condition called von Willebrand's disease, which is a lifelong bleeding disorder in which your blood doesn't clot normally, and which often gets missed when heavy periods are just chalked up to normal by doctors. That often is the case. Your doctor will say, well, just take the pill to regulate your cycle or just take ibuprofen because ibuprofen not only helps with pain, but it reduces heavy blood flow from heavy periods. So you might be told that, but if in your teenage years, your 20s, even into your 30s, you're just gushing every month, even if you don't have any other nosebleeds or anything like that, just the heavy periods, that is um, an important indication to go ahead and get a workup and make sure to mention to your healthcare provider, I'd like to get tested for Von Willebrands because it's important to know if you have that. Light periods. A lot of people would think, well, I would love a light period, especially if you're struggling with heavy periods. But I often hear from women who say, my period is so light. Is it normal? You can have a light period, an extremely scanty blood flow, or menstruating for less than three days, however, is your body saying something's up. And it's usually a sign that your estrogen is too low, which in turn then inhibits adequate endometrial proliferation. The lining of a uterus doesn't thicken up, so it becomes hard to get get pregnant or maintain a pregnancy. And um, that low estrogen itself can interfere with ovulation and then fertility. Light periods can also be a sign of hypothyroidism, Occasionally PCOS, it's more often skipped periods, but you might have some skipped periods or a very light period once in a while. Or again, premature menopause. They indicate a very low, they may indicate a very low body weight or body fat. And if associated with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which I talked about earlier, carries those same risks of bone loss, um, higher risk of nutritional deficiencies, even heart disease. So there's some serious risks that can happen if that is not taken care of when it is due to under eating and eating disorder or low body mass index. So what if you're bleeding between periods? This is common when starting or stopping any form of hormonal birth control. And some women experience an episode of spotting shortly after becoming, impreg- uh, becoming pregnant, in which case that's called implantation bleeding. Bleeding between periods, though, can be due to uterine fibroids, cervical polyps, endometriosis, and adenomyosis. And if it persists throughout the month, may indicate a more serious problem such as endometrial hyperplasia when the lining of the uterus is growing too thick and even endometrial cancer. So important to check these all out. Again, this is none of this is meant to be scary. It's meant to show you how just your vital your menstrual cycle as a vital sign varying from that core set of what we know is healthy normal can be really important in helping you suss out whether something's going on under the hood and what that might be. And if there is something going on under the hood, that becomes the beauty of this. You can do the 
steps you need to do to get back in alignment, to bring your your menstrual cycle back to health, and also take care of those underlying issues. Because whether it's polycystic ovary syndrome, if that is associated with um, insulin resistance, weight problems, sleep apnea, depression, endometriosis, chronic inflammation, and immune dysregulation, um, on and on, all of these have implications, as I said earlier, for long-term health. So this is a really beautiful opportunity to do a health check-in on your own right now, see if there's something going on. And then if there is, I've got answers for you in on my website, in Hormone Intelligence, on my courses. And if you suspect something more significant going on, you know, absolutely find a wonderful healthcare provider that you trust who can support you in finding the answers. So last but not least um, is period pain. Women ask me all the time, so how much period pain is normal? And I say, really, truly, the answer is none. It's normal to have a little bit of feeling of heaviness or fullness before your period. It may even be fine to have a little bit of aching or a little bit of cramping. Menstruation is naturally a more inflammatory time. It takes a little bit of more inflammation to um, cause that uterine lining to slough off and be eliminated, which is what our period blood is or partly made of this mucus and other things too. Um, It also takes a little bit of inflammation to cause the uterus to contract, to expel that. But you should not have to take ibuprofen month after month. Your period should not make you cry or double over in pain or have to take days off of work, unless it's just because you want to. But pain should not make you miss work or school or an event. You shouldn't have to plan your life around it. If that's happening, there's something more going on. So if your period is accompanied by any other symptoms, or if even not on your period, you have other symptoms like painful bowel movements, chronic pelvic pressure, constipation, urinary problems, pain during sex, there is likely an underlying condition. It can be endometriosis, uh, uterine fibroids, chronic pelvic pain, or something else. So I want you to know Unlike what we have been taught throughout history and taught by our doctors, being a woman is not a diagnosis. Having a period is not a diagnosis. If your period is making you uncomfortable, then there, then we need to look for the diagnosis and figure out what is going on and why is that happen, happening. So how do you learn to listen to your sixth vital sign? Hormones are one of the strongest signals in our body. And with approximately 400 periods in a woman's lifetime, it's an important source of personal data that we can use to better understand the full ecosystem of factors that influence our health throughout our lives. Here are some of the ways that you can become more attuned to this important vital sign and use it to your personal and health advantage. First, get to know your cycle. There's a chance you're busy or distracted and haven't noticed that your sixth vital sign is trying to tell you something. Keeping a record of your symptoms and tracking your cycle, whether you do that on an old-fashioned pen and paper moon calendar, which I started using when I was 15 years old and have followed me throughout my life, um, or a menstrual cycle tracker. These can help you to identify How often your period is coming? Is it irregular? Is it long? Is it short? Are there recurring symptoms that you hadn't noticed actually had a pattern? Like 
every time you get that migraine, it's three days before your period, or every time you're feeling like you're in an emotional crisis, it's six days before your period. So start to pay attention. And also, this is great information if you do discover that something more is going on to get in touch with your healthcare provider with and share. You'll have this powerful inner knowing, but you'll also have this power, powerful set of data points that you can use, whether you're using it to compare to information on my website or my book, or bringing it to your healthcare provider. And a healthcare provider does not have to be a doctor. If you have women's health concerns, certified nurse midwives, nurse practitioners, which are, are usually women, and usually trained in a different model than the medical model, so a more compassionate woman-centered, patient-centered model can be a really phenomenal um, uh, option for you. So keep that in mind. So next, after getting to know your cycle, don't chalk symptoms up to just being a woman or dismiss them as just normal, unless you're sure they are. Being a woman, having a uterus or breasts, having periods may cause us some discomforts here and there, but chronic symptoms or cycles that meet any of the criteria that I shared with you, long cycle, short cycle, skip periods, bleeding between periods, period pain, etc., should tell you that something is up and should not be ignored or just considered the reality of being a woman. Unless it's a one-off. Look, you you know, you took a trip somewhere, you were on a business trip, you visited family, maybe it was stressful, maybe it wasn't, but you were away for two weeks and your cycle's off, or you had two cycles in one month. If it happens once, then there's usually nothing to write home about. What we're talking about is persistent patterns. Unless you have new onset of pain or new onset of something that's obviously more significant going on. But it's really important that we don't just tell ourselves that this is just the reality of being a woman, that we don't gaslight ourselves or talk ourselves out of symptoms that we're actually experiencing, which is an urge that has been subconsciously instilled in women by a healthcare system that typically ignores our unique needs and suffering or tells us it's normal because you're a woman. It's not. Normal and common are, are, are two different things. Common, yes. Normal, healthy, not so much. Talk to your healthcare provider and communicate your concerns. Let them know you've done your research. If you're perimenopausal or menopausal and you aren't cycling anymore, you can still share your menstrual cycle history with your care provider. I ask about this in all my women, no matter how old they are, what were your menstrual cycles like? Because it can still reveal a great deal about your current risk factors. Look, if someone tells me, that they never had a diagnosis of polycystic ovary syndrome, and now they're 60, but all their life, they skipped periods for three months, six months, eight months, had really heavy periods sometimes, had trouble getting pregnant, had miscarriages, had unwanted facial hair, had acne, any of this, I know that that means I need to look under the hood. Is there more inflammation? Do they have a blood sugar problem that's never been detected, et cetera, et cetera. So no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your life cycles, this is still important information to reflect back on. If you're in your teens and you're listening, brava for you. I'm so excited to hear that. If you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, I'm so happy you're here. It is never too late to start. And tracking your menstrual cycle, I love the physical tracking of my menstrual cycle. It is so fun to look back. I'm 50 I'm 55 in a few weeks and it's so fun to look back at 
all my menstrual cycle tracking, even when I was 15 and 16 years old, through my pregnancies, my breastfeedings. It's just like, it's a work of art. It's very, very cool. It's like um, performance art in a way. Um, additionally, if you are on oral contraceptives, it's still important to pay attention to what your cycles like were, were like before. If you're on oral contraceptives, they may be completely flatlining your hormones into like the, the programmed uh, chemical levels that that oral contraceptive delivers, whether it's estrogen, progesterone, or both. But if you were put on the pill for reasons other than contraception, if you were having irregular cycles, painful periods, et cetera, take a step back and look at what your cycles were like before. And keep in mind that the pill is only suppressing all of that. I'm not a physician who's anti-pill, but we have to know the risks and the risks are real. And one of the risks is that you spend years or a decade or a decade and a half, as I see in my practice all the time, suppressing your menstrual cycle only to go off the pill and have those symptoms come back, sometimes with a vengeance. So another thing I just want to say is if you talk with your healthcare provider about what's going on with your menstrual cycle and bring up this idea of the menstrual cycle being a sixth vital sign and they don't take you seriously, have the conversation about why you need to be taken seriously or find a doctor or healthcare provider who does. Again, you can go out of the box. Not all healthcare providers have to be doctors. You can go to a nurse midwife, a nurse practitioner. If you need to see a physician, they will tell you when that's the case. Lastly, before you opt for pills or procedures, consider another opinion, and if possible, a gentler approach. I'm not against medication, surgery, or medical procedures when they're needed, and I went to medical school after I was a midwife and an herbalist, to be able to provide the full range of what women need for our health. But I went with the intention of providing that with absolutely informed consent, in helping my patients to become as body literate and empowered and powerful as possible. And the firm reality is that physicians don't learn about the sixth vital sign. We also don't learn about any other ways to resolve these hormonal imbalances and hormonal conditions and gynecologic conditions without pills and surgery. We also are not taught that sometimes those options are safer and gentler and just as effective. So before you go straight for conventional medical options that might just cover up your symptoms, read up on what the underlying causes of those symptoms might be and how you might be able to correct them with dietary changes, herbal medicine, or lifestyle shifts. You can check out the many comprehensive guides on my website. I have extensive podcasts and blogs, or give yourself the gift of my new and already best-selling Hormone Intelligence, the complete guide to calming hormone chaos and restoring your body's natural blueprint for well-being. As I've shared, ignoring the messages of your sixth vital sign or hoping they'll go away with time can leave you with bigger problems to face later. And while pharmaceuticals, surgeries, and other conventional medical procedures can help with period problems like the ones I've shared with you, it's important to know that they aren't the only solutions available. Your period and the symptoms that come with it aren't something to be embarrassed by or feel hijacked by anymore. They're a part of us, an innate messaging system designed to let us know how we're doing, and they're worth respecting and listening to. Believing in the power of your sixth vital sign is also the beginning of a much-needed paradigm shift, one in which we trust and respect our bodies and expect the same of our care providers. 
Women deserve to be listened to and heard. We can start by listening to what our bodies are saying. This is Dr. Aviva Ram. Thank you for joining me for Natural MD Radio. I'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.